0: Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Sunday, February 4th, 2018. Welcome back to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. I got Matt Norlander here with me, and I want to start by offering my condolences to Kansas and Kansas fans because your season um, your season's over. Matt Norlander called it on Saturday afternoon. Time of death, 3.17 p.m. Central. The tweet read this way. Quote, this is Bill Self's worst defensive team ever at KU, and today proved why there's no reason to believe the Jayhawks can make the Final Four, In quotes. So, Norlander, yeah. will you please explain why there's no reason to believe the Jayhawks can make the Final Four, even though... Teams worse than these Jayhawks make the Final Four pretty much every year.
1: Sure. Do you believe that after the way Kansas played on Saturday, there's a reason to believe that Kansas can make the Final Four with the way they played? Because if you do believe that, I want to hear your answer first.
0: Yes, I believe Kansas can make the Final Four. Certainly, I believe they can. With the way
1: they played on Saturday. Well, what does that even mean? That's the basis of the column, so explain yourself. You said there's no reason to believe that Kansas can make the Final Four. Correct, And I stand by that. I but here's
0: why I believe Kansas can make the final four because teams worse than this Kansas team not make playing the, final the way that Kansas is playing have made the final four no they you have realize not. you realize that's not what you tweeted you realize re- that you've
1: made I'll, this I'll, way too simple
0: I'll read the tweet context and
1: too. nuance is actually a part of why we need to discuss this I'll if read you the tweet do you want to read I, from I, I, the column I, I, itself I, I, do you want to read from the column itself too
0: no, I'm just reading the tweet. Here's the tweet. No, this no, is no. Bill no. Don't worry about the tweet. Don't worry about the tweet. Yeah,
1: the tweet is accurate as it is. There's no reason when, to believe, in my opinion, as it was my column, that Kansas can make the Final Four. And the further context of that, the logical deduction from that, is based on the way they played on Saturday. I stand by that opinion.
0: Okay, here's why I would say Kansas can make the Final Four. Because teams worse than this Kansas team make the Final Four almost every single year. Yes, South South Carolina as a seven seed made it last year. Syracuse as a 10 seed made it two years ago. Michigan State as a seven seed made it in 2015. UConn as a seven seed made it in 2014. Wichita State as a nine seed made it in 2013. BCU as an 11 seed made it in 2011. Butler and Michigan State, as five seeds, made it in 2010. George Mason, as an 11 seed, made it in 2006. Michigan State, as a five seed, made it in 2005. Indiana, as a five seed, made it in 2002. North Carolina and Wisconsin, as eight seeds, made it in 2000. Florida, as a five seed, made it in 2000. That's just this century. A team seeded, seventh or lower, has actually made the Final Four in six of the past seven seasons in each of the past So if the question is, can Kansas make a final four, the answer is of course, because Kansas is still uh, a top 15 team in America and teams uh, ranked outside of that range make the final four almost every single year.
1: Fun fact, every single team that you just mentioned played a lot better in the NCAA tournament than Kansas played on Saturday in the way that Kansas has played for most of the season. So that doesn't change my opinion whatsoever. Kansas can make the Final Four if it starts playing better. That's not my opinion. My opinion is, with the way that Kansas has been playing, it will not and has no chance at making the Final Four going forward. <laughs> no, okay? no chance. No chance. Zero chance. <laughs> no. If it allows Zero opponents chance. to grab 47% of their offensive misses... It has no chance chance. of making the Final Four, and Kansas fans know it. It's the worst defensive team Kansas has ever had under Bill Self. There is no shot with this four-guard lineup, with Silvio D'Souza not playing, with Billy Preston not in the lineup. Kansas has, listen to me, (laughs) no no shot of making the Final Four if it plays in the NCAA tournament the way that it played on Saturday, and Kansas fans know that. Obviously, if they start playing better going forward, and if they start playing differently, they're going to have a chance. That's not the column. The column is with the way that they have been playing as of late and their inability to stop other teams from rebounding the basketball on the offensive end. They're the worst team in the Big 12. If that continues, no shot to make the Final Four unequivocally. You can't You can't allow other team to grab half of their misses. When you're not that good from the 3-point line to begin with over the past 5 6 games and continue and have expect that to continue. They're not good enough defensively. They're too small. Oklahoma State has no business walking into Fog Allen Fieldhouse and playing the way that it did and winning that way. The the aura of of Fog Allen has disappeared. Bill Self has oh, more home losses right now, this down. season. The
0: aura of Fog Allen has
1: disappeared. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, would you, how would you argue otherwise when a first-time head coach picked to finish last in the Big 12 goes in and basically does whatever he wants to Kansas, and now it's the third home loss of this season that the Jayhawks have suffered? That's never happened under Bill Self.
0: I would argue that Kansas, uh, this particular team, is not as good as most Kansas teams. So that's how something like that happens. But it's still good and certainly capable of making it. It's still good, the yes.
1: I'm not saying it's not good. I do not envision a scenario in which Kansas can go and play NCAA tournament teams in do-or-die scenarios, give up 45 to 50% offensive rebounds to its opponent, and manage to win. I don't see how that happens when you have a four-guard attack. You
0: are arguing two different things. You are adding a whole bunch of words to the tweet. Here's the tweet again. Today proved why there's no reason to believe the Jayhawks can make the Final Four. That's the end of the tweet.
1: Yes. You didn't say. And now I provided more. Con- see, there's there's a thing called a character limit on Twitter. So now yeah, we provided I provided more
0: context. I, then, I, then I had to use different words before I put that sentence out nah, there. Nah. See, left the thing, thing is, is you got to
1: tease people into clicking the article. So that's what you do. If I write, not, oh, not, you know, Kansas not, maybe not, might not, be not, able to go to the NCAA tournament. That's not getting anyone, anyone to read it. What is that? That's obvious. I, w-
0: I wouldn't make myself look stupid just to try to get more people to uh, read the column.
1: I, I think I look plenty fine, especially giving my explanation here. You're so Do, fired up to, about this, man.
0: To, today proved why there's no reason to believe the j can make the Final Four. What you actually should have tweeted, or at least is, today proved that Kansas, playing the way it played today... Can't make a Final Four. Of course, that's true. Kansas playing in a fashion that's that a it loses tweet. at home to that's Oklahoma boring. State. Um, yeah, hey, if Kansas plays like it played at home today when it lost to Oklahoma State in the NCAA tournament, it will not make the Final Four. Okay, well, like, if Duke plays like it played against St. John's, it will yeah, not make the Final Four. that's blatantly
1: obvious and boring. So within if, that, if, people might say, hmm, that sounds, that I know, sounds but what dumb and you wrote wrong. Is Let me read that wrong. to see what he's Would saying. You be,
0: what you wrote is wrong. Nah. There's no reason to believe the Jayhawks can make the Final Four? That's
1: stupid. Of course there's a reason. And I just gave you the reason
0: because teams worse Give than Give me the Kansas... reasons
1: Kansas will make the Final Four. And because those reasons the... need to—they better support with the way that they've been able to play over the past three or four games. Because I, want, I, I need to know. I don't see I... why that would happen.
0: Holy crap. I've already told you like five times. The reason Kansas can make the Final Four— is because teams worse than Kansas make yeah, the Final Four Yeah, but no, 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 they're not playing the year. way
1: those teams play. That's not an actual legitimate reason. Give me a reason why, what Kansas is, how Kansas oh, has played, you think they can make the Final and, Four. Those and, teams and, that all made the Final Four got really, really awesome in the NCAA tournament. I do not okay, think Kansas go, has the ability go, to the do reason, that. Kansas, they're not going to suddenly Kansas. grow and give us three or four dudes or are six foot nine that, and can the control reason. the paint. Kansas
0: might get really awesome in the in the NCAA tournament, and then they'll be in the Final Four. How often
1: does that happen, by the way?
0: How often? Literally almost every year. They get awesome in the
1: NCAA tournament? Ask Kansas fans about that. See what they come back and tell you. No,
0: you – I don't know. Like to be such a smart person, I don't know how you got yourself in this mess. Um, I see no mess, my friend. You're saying that you you worded that that way and that it's actually correct. But the way you're trying to explain it – is is you're adding words to the tweet that aren't in the actual tweet. The tweet, again, today proved why there's no reason to believe the JLs can make the Final Four, period. Yep. Th- t- yesterday did not prove that. Yesterday, all, it, all yesterday did was it was a, a bad game by Kansas. He didn't prove they can't make the Final Four. Even by your own admission, you admit there's ways they can make the Final Four.
1: If yesterday didn't change, yes, but that's not the basis of the column. You're all you're all hung up on a tweet. I'm more hung up on the, the actual points that I make most, in the story. Most
0: people don't. Most people don't read your column. They just see the tweet. Mm, that's that's, on the, that's the thing you put out there. Most people just see the tweet, and this sentence in this tweet is wrong. Today proved why there's no reason to believe the Jayhawks can make the Final Four. That's wrong. There's no way to intelligently defend that sentence.
1: Ah, that's good. It's good to fight every once in a while. I'm liking this. <laughs> there's just no way. The reason Why can Kansas make the Final Four?
0: Because there's still a top 15 team, and, and teams top 15 teams always have a chance to make the Final Four. They always can make the Final Four. In fact, teams ranked outside of the top 15 make the Final Four almost every single year as recently as last year when seventh seeded South Carolina which wasn't even ranked in the top 25 on the day the NCAA tournament started make the final four what you should say is that if Kansas doesn't play better they're going to have a hard time making the final four in fact I don't think they will make the final four all of that's reasonable but to say today prove Kansas can't make the final four that's silly talk
1: that's- your take is not incorrect. Your tease is not incorrect, but it's also boring, obvious, and you could write that literally about every single team every single weekend. What you can't write every single weekend is what you've what? seen. What do
0: you – I don't understand what you don't understand. Like, forget <laughs> whether the way I'm explaining it is boring. The way you presented it is wrong. It's just wrong. Today, Yesterday did not prove that Kansas can't make a Final Four. That's stupid. It's just wrong. <laughs>
1: We're going to disagree. T- the the how exact way there? that okay. Kansas played okay. proved okay. that it okay. is okay. incapable stop, 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 of making stop. a Final Four. You, like, I don't, I don't know how much more clearly I can put this, dude. Like, a, if they play question. that game against a team in the first round, they're going to be susceptible to losing. That's what
0: you said. It. You didn't say if Kansas plays like it played today, it can't make the Final Four. That's not what you wrote. Here's what you wrote. Today proved why there's no reason to believe the Jayhawks can make the Final Four. Yesterday did not prove that.
1: I think what we've learned here is you want to be my copy editor on my tweet. Should I be texting you every time before I shoot something out every here so you can time. prove it? You should
0: yesterday. You should uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's impossible for Kansas to make the final
1: four? If it plays the way it is played, yes. <laughs> That's
0: what you said. You didn't say if Kansas plays the way it played against Oklahoma State. Not what you said. Again. You said You said I, know. Today, I like,
1: worded no, the tweet that way so it would get a response and clearly if, I have if, won. If, so if, thank if, you, you Parish.
0: Did you see your did you see the reaction to it?
1: I saw a lot of Kansas fans being like, oh, God, this is actually right. And then others were obviously frustrated. But it's what it is. It's fine. Can get a
0: resp- I could get a response, too. Like, I could tweet right now, Kentucky will never make
1: the NCAA tournament again. Yeah, but that's not actually based in reality.
0: Who is that? Uh-huh. Today proved why the reason to believe the JLs can make the Final Four is not based in reality. Parents slustered voice it's is incredible,
1: a- and it only makes an appearance like – Five (laughs) or six times a year, actually. It's more than I think.
0: (laughs) Let's practice doing tweets that can get a response. Here's one. I'm going to do this one. Um, Roy (laughs) Williams will never sign a top 100 player again. Here's a tweet said i do should that one?
1: tweet that right now do tweet that please tweet that right now without context and just i'm not the guy on
0: williams admitted i I should have <laughs> to tweeted Today paper john calipari will never
1: sign a five star player again <laughs> with that how go with that a bit if, if you tweet Oh God! If you tweeted that, right, because <laughs> no one would know the context of it, and then eventually they'd get to this, they'd get to the podcast. And I, want it. To
0: oh. do. I want the listeners of the podcast to create a hashtag. We'll call it Norlander <laughs> Reaction Tweets. Hashtag Norlander Reaction Tweets, uh. and you tweet that are not based in reality (laughs) but that will get a reaction let's see who comes up with the best ones and we'll go through them on the next i totally am i'm
1: 100 down with it i think that would be great i'm i'm all in on that uh that's so good
0: that's so good And, and a reaction tweet it had to be something like this today proved that sean miller will never be able to be atop the Pac-12 as long as Mike Hopkins exists.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's perfectly rational, reasonable, obviously not. But if this is your way of segueing, I am glad to talk to you about that insanely fun, incredible ending late Saturday night. Uh, with Washington beating Arizona
0: I told you um, on Friday's podcast that I was looking forward to that game and that I would either stay up and watch it online or I would wake up in the middle of the night and go oh wow that's an interesting result the way it went down is I woke up in the middle of the night (laughs) and went oh wow Uh, Washington actually won the game and oh wow what an ending I mean that was tremendous right
1: Really good, yes. Um, uh, The ending itself was awesome because it just – it was a happy accident. I mean, Arizona had some good defense. Uh, Aiton just was on it with the swat and then just falls into the lap. And it is like the rhythm of the play. It was just boom, 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 catch it, shoot, horn, swish, boom. And they all collapse on him. That was uh, fantastic. And uh, obviously – A humongous, humongous homestand for Washington, which now is in the NCAA tournament picture for now, as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't get the Arizona schools again this season, so that was huge for them to capitalize on that on their home floor Really, really well played game. No real fault there of Arizona of, of losing that game. In fact, I don't think it'll come back to. I don't like that loss. If Arizona plays out the rest of its season as expected, I don't think that's going to cost them a seed line or anything like that. Uh, Trier and Ayton um, showed themselves well, but Mike Hopkins is doing a great job in year number one. And I think, listen, there were a lot of unexpected results this weekend. We're going to get into them but Washington and Mike Hopkins are the biggest winner of the weekend because they put themselves on the better side of the bubble, put the program on the map in the conference and even a little bit nationally and they're ahead of they're ahead of pace of what was expected of them and you know I was thinking GP right before I went to bed last night um that that winner in my opinion was was for Washington, on a little bit of a lesser level, I was getting flashbacks to Watford hitting the winner for Indiana to beat Kentucky some years back. Um, obviously, Indiana is a much bigger program than Washington, but Washington, when it can really get going, is considered a little bit of a sleeping giant. So maybe this is the, is the buzzer-beating win, similar to Watford, that, uh, that kickstarts Washington onto a, a really good three, four, five year run here.
0: Like In terms of regular season games, like they obviously blend together a lot, and yet you do remember that Christian Watford shot. I mean, you like I can still see it. I can still see the crowd. Um, And perhaps that was, you know, Washington's version of that, uh, because it was like really a perfect buzzer beater. Uh, Like you said, a happy accident. The ball just bounced that way. Grabs it, shoots it, horn. Perfect. I mean,
1: it was an awesome. Dominic Green, by the way, hit the hit the buzzer beater. I forgot to mention that. But yes. And
0: I and, uh, and to your point about m- what Mike Hopkins is doing in year 1 like unbelievable 17 and 6 overall alone in third in the Pac-12 standings right now with I think a a very good opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament I think probably right now on the right side of the NCAA tournament puzzle I agree bubble uh, I agree with all that that said you Washington fans got to calm down with your tweets at me about the top 25 and one
1: there I is can- no reason to believe Washington <laughs> right now <laughs>
0: there is (laughs) hashtag norlander reaction tweets there is today proved washington will never be in the top 25 and one washington is great mike hopkins is doing let me rephrase washington is playing well washington has been super impressive relative to preseason expectations mike hopkins is doing a tremendous job and should maybe be the pac-12 coach of the year those things are all true this is also true Washington has no business sniffing a top 25 ranking right now. They got four top 50 Ken Palm wins, and that's obviously good, especially for teams right around. As somebody who does this every day, for teams right in the 20s, four top 50 Ken Palm wins is good. But they also have four sub-50 losses, including two sub-80 uh, losses. And so if you just compare that to the team that I have 26th, Butler, which is put together a sneaky good resume. Uh Butler's 17 and 7, four top 50 Kimpo wins, so just like Washington, but they've only taken one sub fifty loss. Uh, so they haven't taken nearly the losses that uh, Washington's taken. And of course, they're the only team to to beat Villanova as well. I've got Butler now uh, 26 in the top twenty-five and one. But like Washington just does it like Washington's good. And if I were a Washington fan, I'd be thrilled. But the idea that I mean I can't tell you, I mean Washington fans tweeted me all morning, Sunday morning. Where is Washington? Are you an idiot? Who's bask
1: in the afterglow of a win and you're taking <laughs> that joy away from them?
0: Somebody, somebody asked if I had S for brains, which is you know <laughs> fine. Hey, do you do you even watch? No, he said. Do you even watch basketball? <laughs> well, you actually <laughs> didn't watch this one. So anyway, the truth is, no, I don't watch it nearly as much as you might think. <laughs> but but I but I, uh, I I do look at resumes every single day. Uh, more often than maybe anybody else in this world. And Washington's resume is not that of a top 25 team right now. It doesn't mean that Washington – oh, and Washington's like, for whatever this is worth, I know some people are dismissive of it, but like they're 87th in Ken Palm right now. That's if
1: I, glitchy, but yes.
0: That, yeah, no, I agree with you. That's glitchy, but I don't think I've got anybody ranked in the top 25 and one that's lower than uh, maybe Rhode Island at 31, Like, the the, the teams in Kempom, the lowest I've got ranked in the top 25 and one is is Rhode Island at 31. So you're talking about 50-something spots lower than that, which may or may not mean anything. I'm with Norlander. I don't believe that there are 86 teams in the country better than Washington. But um, they would be a massive outlier to be in the top 25 right now based on, you know, the other numbers connected to the other teams that are in the top 25. But still – um what an awesome win and uh yeah mike's doing a a tremendous job let's move on to what was i still think despite what happened to kansas on saturday and despite what happened to arizona on saturday the biggest headline of the day and that was duke losing to st john's now as i pointed out in the column uh, kansas was actually a 12-point favorite over oklahoma state at home duke was only an 11-point favorite over st john's at the garden so technically at least according to odds Oklahoma State beating Kansas was more surprising than St. John's beating Duke, but with all due respect to oddsmakers, makers, didn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. Like the idea that the preseason number one and a team that was still in the top five would go lose to an 0-11 Big East team? Like you said this on Twitter, and I I think it's probably
1: true. It's not, but say it. Oh, really? I thought it was true, but it actually it happened. But go ahead. Yeah, I
0: mean, well, the the tweet was something along the lines of, has a a top five team ever lost to – uh, a team that's been on an 11 game losing streak. And I my instincts were like probably not, but you're saying it has happened. It
1: ha yeah, someone uh hit me back and and showed me that it had happened. Um I it happened in 2012-2013. Trivia time, so you don't know oh, the wow. answer to this. Who do you think it happened? Who do you think either either one pulled the upset or lost? This is uh in a in a major 7 conference, so um although the american i don't think even existed then uh so who would you think that would have happened to i honestly have no idea i Can mean i wouldn't even begin to know where to guess don't even want to venture a guess i i mean i'm looking
0: at to 2013 i don't i mean i wouldn't even know where to guess
1: all right so you're bringing up the ken pump 2013 page i'm i'm guessing uh yeah, and I'm looking it, at teams. it's a Does team. Look- it's a all right. Let's just see if you can blindly guess. Don't oh, you might have been looking at resumes now. Um, it's a team in that top six. Who do you think it would be? Okay,
0: okay, it's a team in the top six. Um, okay. I, I mean, I could probably figure it out if I just click enough here.
1: Yeah, you're gonna if you're clicking through, you're <laughs> going to find out. I'm asking you to blindly guess. I can't blindly guess.
0: I don't have a guess for this.
1: All right, the answer is Michigan. Penn State did it. Uh, Penn State was 0 and 14. How about that? They lost 14 straight. And they won at home over that Michigan team that went on to the National Championship game. It had Trey win Player of the Year that season. So a pretty impressive win in retrospect by a Penn State team that finished 10-21, and 2-16 and in the league. That Penn State team had uh, DJ Newbill and Tim Frazier. Although I think someone uh, qualified that with me in saying that Frazier, who was an awesome player, wasn't even in that game um, so it, it was what St. John's did on Saturday wasn't unprecedented. I certainly thought it was like a team on an eleven-game losing streak getting an opportunity to play a top-five team and actually winning that game. Um, perhaps it's even happened more than twice in, in history, but it's so rare. And particularly because even though St. John's had played some close games, and Duke had, you know, has this habit of of just falling behind in the second half, and it's got its massive defensive issues. There is no one that thought St. John's was going to be able to play as well as it did. If you even, you know, if you had the guts to put some a money line bet on St. John's, more power to you. But that was, uh, that was downright shocking. Um, it cost Duke any shot at a one seed, in my opinion. Outside shot, granted, I think it would have had to run the table at this point. And even that, this is between this and Boston College, uh, Duke's just not going to have the resume, in my opinion, going forward. And obviously, uh, losses like this might indicate that they actually are going to be more in that three, four, five seed range. We'll see what happens. They play at Carolina Thursday, uh, so they could be staring down a losing streak here. Last thought, GP, I'll throw it back to you. Um, Mm -hmm. Krzyzewski has not shied away from being critical of his teams in the past, but uh, what he said after the game, there was a video shared around on social media of his press conference just – Saying, you know, they look disgusting, uh, did not play worthy of our program name and all that stuff. I actually anxiously await to see if he is revoked uh, wearing any sort of Duke gear. I believe that happened (laughs) two years ago. We talked about that on the podcast. But he was ripping into his team, rightfully so. Um, That was problematic. But uh, you did not give up on Duke. And I will defend myself here. I won't fully give up on them either because I still believe that they have much more talent than, say, Kansas. They've got many more. Biggs versus kansas their defense is definitely glaring and it's worse than kansas's right now uh but they still have this ability in my opinion to to turn it on and beat almost anyone but that said massively worrying loss in my opinion like it just it was weird to see duke be that ineffective against a st john's team that still doesn't have a win over any biggies crew
0: yeah i mean that might go down again according to the point spreads it will not be the most surprising result um, of the season. It wasn't even the most surprising result from yesterday. But when, I mean, like 0 and 11 in the Big East, St. John's beating Duke, I mean, that's ridiculous. And, um you know, afterwards, Kay was clearly like, you know, he used the word disgusting. He said disgusting. It means it implies he was disgusted. And I think he's, um, you know, realizing if he didn't already, because uh, that 2015 team was also young, although. It had better roster balance than this, I believe. Um, it's hard to coach all first-year players. Like I've said for a long time, it is not as easy as John Calipari normally makes it work. Uh, makes it look. And John's best teams at Kentucky have uh, typically had pretty good roster balance, whereas his team right now doesn't, and that's why they're you know hovering as a as a, you know just sort of a, like a borderline top twenty-five team. Um, I think Case frustrated. Uh, you know he does it. You know he he doesn't understand like okay why aren't these guys getting it and sometimes it's just as simple as um, they're all first year players mostly I mean Grayson obviously the exception but he's asking basically four first year players to play team defense probably for the first time in their life and um, to commit to that side of the ball probably for the first time in their lives I was talking with the uh, Wichita State beat writer yesterday and he was we were talking about Wichita State's defense. And I said, I really don't understand why Wichita State's not better because it's like uh, Greg has a, a track record, Greg Marshall, of of having good defensive teams. It's it's mostly the same cast of characters that were a top fifteen defensive team last season. I don't understand why they're not better, other than maybe in the American, they're dealing with a different level of athlete than they are used to dealing with on a on a game to game basis, and it's it's showing up. Um, but still, like I, I I still could envision a a time where Wichita State starts guarding at the level that it has previously guarded. But with Duke, I can actually understand why they're not good defensively. They're like there it's four first year guys on the court together at all times. And they've never been asked to do this. And, and maybe that takes some time. And it's why I, I think there's an interesting study to be done based on North Carolina playing in consecutive championship games and Kentucky's relatively speaking struggling with all these five-star freshmen and Duke relatively speaking struggling with all these five-star freshmen because I wonder if if you're John Calipari and Mike Krzyzewski the two guys who basically go out and and just grab nothing but five stars or usually nothing but five stars if there isn't something to be said for taking every year just committing to taking somebody who absolutely is clearly not a one-and-done player but right. more like a two or three-year Which player Duke did this year Right.
1: Uh, but Jordan Goldwire, who was right. like a recruit but, at like Eastern Kentucky or whatever.
0: Yeah, but I guess I'd say that's, the, that's going too far that, the other direction. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah.
1: bringing that up for context. Right.
0: I'm saying like every year – let's say you're going to sign five, four or five guys. Let's say five guys just because the number's simple. Go get your four or five stars if you want them. But also every class, take a kid rated between 40th and 75th and then give him enough minutes as a freshman so he doesn't want to transfer – Because that's the type of guy that when he's a sophomore or junior, because he will be a sophomore or junior, probably, um, that's the type of guy that helps you win. Right now, I think Kentucky and Duke are in a similar situation in the sense that they are relying too heavily on five-star freshmen. And that is not the best way to be great at college basketball. Uh, I, I think the best way to be great at college basketball is probably if you got six scores, whatever your top six scores are, three of them. Five-star freshmen, three of them not. Uh, that's that's the nice roster balance. And, and neither one of those teams have it right now.
1: They don't. Uh, and when you look right now, Duke lost. Who didn't lose this weekend? Purdue was pushed at Rutgers but won. Yeah. Virginia had no issue with Syracuse. None. I thought that might be close. I was way wrong. Villanova was tight with Seton Hall for the first Eighty percent of the game, and then wins by sixteen. Um, if you want to throw Michigan State in, because they they have three losses there, in Cincinnati, which has two losses, all of those teams, even though Michigan State is is led by uh, a sophomore a sophomore class, it's got some it's got some veterans on there. All those teams are are veteran laden uh, to an ex- to an extreme degree, particularly um, particularly like with Purdue and stuff. So I think within. I don't. I don't want to make blanket statements about the sport. You know, spanning multiple years within the context of 2017-2018, I think it is fair if you want to draw a conclusion that with the the changes in the way the game has been officiated with rules uh, allowing more offense, it is helping teams that can grow year over year, and they are taking advantage of the way the game has been, frankly, pushed to be not you know not seventy possessions per game, and just a grinded out, or even 66-65 possessions a game, a, a total grinded out. I understand Virginia wins in that style despite that, but you've had... A clear emphasis the past two, three seasons. We want more offense. We want more freedom of movement. And as teams have been able to perhaps get a little bit older, you also have obviously veteran coaches, longtime coaches at all of those programs, the five that I've mentioned that are near the top of the polls and on, on track to be a one seed or at worst a two seed. I think that has helped uh, narrow a gap that might have otherwise been wider when you look at teams that are able to bring in massive talent and one and done type talent. That's That's my conclusion within the context of this season. It doesn't mean it's going to stay that way, but I think that's a fair assessment right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the top of the rankings. I mean, it's Villanova. They're not relying on five-star first-year guys. Um, Not really. Virginia, not certainly not. Uh, Purdue, certainly not. This I'm going through the top 25 and one right now. Michigan State obviously has a one-and-done in Jaron Jackson, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's sophomores, juniors, seniors. Uh, Xavier, obviously not relying on first-year players. Cincinnati, not relying on first-year players. Texas Tech actually is relying on, on a couple first-year players, surprisingly, but they're not like five-star, one-and-done type guys. Auburn, not relying on first-year players. Um, that's the top eight. You know, like that's – I don't think that's an accident. And it doesn't – and it must be a weird um, situation to to be in if you're John Calipari or Mike Krzyzewski because it's counterintuitive to to take an inferior prospect. Like why would you take a kid who you clearly think is inferior to another kid when you can get the other kid, the superior kid? But the answer might be because three years of a top 50 guy – might be worth more than one year of a top 10 guy. Like, we might find, you know, I still want the top 10 guy, but I don't, I think taking all five stars is, is maybe not the best way to build a productive college basket.
1: Yeah. I, and it's, it's also like, uh, it's all, I, I feel like we can, will, and should uh, come back to this in July. We're on the trail. Um, right. It is so much easier said than done. Sure because when you're actually chasing these guys and you're trying to also figure out your roster for the next year and the year after that you don't want to not recruit top 10 top 15 players and then eventually you know you just you built the your program to the monster that it is but this is a potential unattended consequence. Obviously, it can work out. Like you're just you're just flirting with fly- fire here. Duke won with this method in 2014, 2015, and got a much right. better season out of Tyus Jones than anyone expected. He ended up being a one and done player. Kentucky, yes, it had um, some some veteran leadership on that uh, Anthony Davis team, but I believe. I, I think from a minute's perspective in the starting lineup, that was the youngest team to ever win a championship, that Kentucky group. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. but I will say this because it's something I've touched on a million times. That Kentucky team, 2012, everybody remembers Davis and Kid Gilchrist. Three other top six scorers though, were not freshmen. They had some pretty good roster balance. And if you go to that, um, that Duke team in 2015, yeah, Jolly Okafor was the leading scorer. Quinn Cook, a senior— was a second leading score, averaged fifteen per game. They had Emil Jefferson on that team playing an important role. Like they that team was young. I mean, three of the top four scores were one and done freshmen. Okafor, Winslow, Tyus Jones. But they also, you know, they got twenty one minutes from from Emil Jefferson. They got I don't remember what year Matt Jones was that year.
1: I think probably looked at it. I'm guessing.
0: Uh, 2015, Matt Jones would have been um, a sophomore, nice. but still, like sophomores matter, you know. Like that, like having a sophomore, like is it, like The reason Michigan State isn't going through, I think, what Duke and Kentucky are. Going, this is actually interesting. I think the reason Michigan State went through it last year because they were relying on all those first-year players. Now those first-year players are, are second-year players, mm-hmm. and um, and then they, they, and and then they add a five-star in Jaron Jackson, and now they're you know top five in the country. Um, I, I guess I bottom line it this way: you know, we could spend hours talking about this. I, I still, th- I would want the five-star players. I just think what we are learning is the best teams in the country either aren't built that way, or they are built that way, but with also some quality sophomores, juniors, and seniors that balance out the roster. They provide leadership. They provide experience. They provide all of the things that. Basketball coaches insist are important, and if you could ever figure out a way to build, sometimes um, you know, programs just, just, you know, you just look up, and Willie cauley sign comes back to school, and the yeah. Harrison twins come back to school, and then you got it. But, but, um, it, I do think that it's worth. If I were Mike Shishetski and John Calipari, I'd really be studying it. Like, how do we go about ensuring that we have quality seniors, juniors, and sophomores in our program to go with our five-star freshmen? Is there a way to do that? There, there, there might not be a simple way but I do think it's something worth um, worth at least looking into let's uh, look ahead a little bit um, because there's a few interesting games uh, coming up over the next few nights Monday night you get West Virginia at Oklahoma Oklahoma of course um, went to Texas and lost over the weekend uh, they were in control of that game for a while but then Texas and the home court and they everything else took man. over that was impressive they flipped by it. Texas it, it was it was yeah. and I, I, I think I don't want to say we've anybody's forgotten but it is worth noting like texas is playing without one of its best players yeah. um you know and and it was a good update by the way uh over the weekend on on andrew jones that he
1: tweeted Sunday. did you see that he tweeted sunday
0: he i did tweeted, not he tweeted tweet.
1: like i'm doing better you know still you know making strides feeling better stuff like that good so that's, oh, that's just awesome news awesome news
0: yeah, because um, I mean it's obviously scary, uh, real life stuff. So yeah, awesome news. But like yeah, Texas flipped that, and so now Oklahoma is trying to avoid a two-game losing streak, and they've got West Virginia uh, coming to Norman. You think? And obviously, West Virginia played better Saturday. I think blew out Kansas State, but uh, clearly they've still I think they've still lost five of their last seven games. So Oklahoma handle business at home.
1: Oklahoma will handle business at home. This will be a, a- A revenge game for the Sooners. Who, for those who will remember, it's been basically just about a month uh, since Oklahoma went to West Virginia, and that press Virginia flummoxed Trey. That was the first bad game of his college career. He has since gone on to have some inconsistent play, um, and was a little bit of that. Like he actually looked. There were times against Texas where he looked really, really good, but then, like in the final minute, he had a really bad turnover. Um, That is just popping up at inopportune moments there for him and has become uh, certainly a, a bad habit that he can't shake. I think Oklahoma is going to get this one at home in part because the home floor sure, um, having seen West Virginia once already, be a little more prepared for it and obviously West Virginia, which as we expected got its bounce back, uh, clear cut win over the weekend against K-State um, a, a lot for West Virginia here to turn around 48 hours, go on the road, play the best player in college basketball, one of the best offensive teams in college basketball and think that you can come out and uh, and get that win. So I'll take Oklahoma. This is you know a fantastic game on Monday night um, and and really the, the standalone highlight game of the night. There's nothing else that's really all that appealing, to be honest. Um, this is what you want to tune in for. It's a 9 o'clock tip. I'll take the Sooners. I'll take the Sooners by about 8 points. And GP, let me do, as always, when we can, remember to do it, Trae Young over under. Because I was right in points. I was wrong in assists. And I was right in turnovers, I believe, which meant that you were wrong on points, right on assists, wrong on turnovers at home, I'm going to say, Trey Young. Mm Mm-hmm. 36 and a half points. What? (laughs) That's ridiculous. 10 and a half assists, Uh eight and a half turnovers.
0: Okay, I'm going to go under, under, under. Okay. But Oklahoma still wins. Okay. So so what what I'm really doing is like 35 points. I'm going over
1: across the board.
0: What 30? How could you go over 36 and a half? Dude's already had (laughs) had
1: three games above 40, and there's just I know. I'm getting a feeling here.
0: Okay. Okay. He was he
1: was very distribution minded against Texas, and that worked a lot here. Um, Kind of a kind of an urgent game for Oklahoma. Just if it wants to keep itself. You know, if we want that uh, regional bias, top four seeds, all that stuff, like losing this, then you're you might slip a little bit. So I, th- I think Trey might take it upon himself here to, to try and fill it up.
0: Okay, so that is Monday night. and You're right; that's really the only thing interesting on Monday night. Tuesday, couple of interesting games: Xavier at Butler, and I already mentioned uh, Butler's resume when we were talking about Washington. But um, again, like that that team is is like they. I don't I mean I was about to say they don't have that big win but obviously they do you were there it was over Villanova but it kind of it snuck up on me at least I was I cuz I'm going through resumes all the time looking at stuff I'm like oh wow Butler that's a nice resume I mean it really uh, you know 17 and 7 overall 4 top 50 wins only one sub 50 loss and now they've got Xavier coming in this is a Xavier team that I now have ranked in the top 5 but Xavier has been pushed by what would you have teams. them
1: ranked if they had lost that game as they probably should have on Saturday against Georgetown?
0: I don't know. I mean, they would have probably dropped similarly to to, to Kansas and Duke. So, like, probably somewhere outside, you know, 10 to 15, somewhere in there. Okay. I mean, so like that's the difference, man.
1: I mean, listen, blew it, yeah. hit, had a tremendous four-point play. It, Georgetown nearly stole that. And I, I'll fully admit, I did not tune into that game until there was about two minutes to go. So I do not know how it got to that point. But I do know that Georgetown is not good. Xavier's really good. And for Xavier to have allowed the game to get to that point on its home floor, those uniforms, by the way, were fire from Xavier. They've worn them a number of times this year. I love those unis. Um, it was just, it was weird. And uh, I don't know if it's going to serve as like a scare and they're going to be ready on the road against Butler. I, I don't know about that. Um, I'm I, I, I'm going to take Butler at home here. And you might be just tapping into something that, like, what, if Butler can win this game, perish on Tuesday night. Then maybe a little more uh, widespread respect and acclaim for Laval Jordan, another first year coach. There's been mm-hmm. a number of them who have been uh, pretty successful this season. Kevin Keats,
0: Mike Hopkins, Conzo Martin, uh, Laval Jordan. Like, um, Like, it looks like a bunch of schools made quality hires.
1: It does. You know, like,
0: there's a lot of guys who have flipped programs immediately. Not that you had to flip Butler, like LaValle obviously Even Boynton at
1: Oklahoma State's doing more than people expected. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, he deserves to be on that list. There's a lot of people who took over situations, and obviously, taking over Butler's different than taking over Washington, um, at least in the current state of things. But still, I mean, to have Butler operating at this level is is pretty impressive. Uh, Back to Xavier. They are 21 and three, so everything's great. But they got pushed at home earlier this year by East Tennessee State. Like, in East Tennessee, State's good, by the way. Like, they've won 15 straight games. Um, but, you know, they're not supposed to go to that place and win. And yet they were on the verge. I think they were up like 14, 15 points. And then Zayden Xavier comes back. There's something to be said for that. Um, only beat DePaul by five at home in December. Um, uh, struggled with St. John's twice. Maybe that doesn't look so bad given what we saw yesterday from St. John's. And then went to overtime with Georgetown. My point being credit to Chris Mack and those players for like figuring out a way to win, um, almost without exception. But they've been in some battles that shouldn't have been battles. You understand what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I don't know I'll be I do not know if that means that they are, you know, ripe for uh just a down spell here or if they've been able to get these kind of wins and it's going to make them actually better in the long haul. Um going back to last season, you know, that's a team that capitalized on matchups and played well, played up to its talent in making the Elite 8 when uh it had a a rough go of it getting to the NCAA tournament from a seeding perspective there. Um I believe in Xavier, and I think Trayvon Blewett still got a really good shot at being a first-team All-America. Uh, but I do think Butler is going to be able to get this one at home. I'm not exceedingly confident. You um, just make me pick one or the other. I'll take Bulldogs on the home floor because they have been pretty solid this season. Xavier's been just a little bit shaky here. Are you with me? Yeah,
0: I think Butler probably wins the game. Again, if we're just sitting here saying you got to pick a winner, um, you know, I would take the home team. Um, obviously, they're capable. They've already beaten Villanova. And uh, I, I think they'll be favored in the game. I, you know, Obviously, there's not a number on that game yet. But I bet you when that number posts late Monday, Butler will be favored over Xavier. And then the un- other interesting game on Tuesday night, Tennessee at Kentucky. And I'm not sure the point spread when it's post late Monday will have Tennessee favored. But Ken Palm does project Tennessee to beat Kentucky on Tuesday night at Rupp Arena. Um I wonder the last time, and I'm, somebody could look this up, and it probably wasn't even that long ago, but um, pretty rare for an SEC team to be favored over Kentucky in Rupp Arena. Um, and yet, uh, Kimpom projects it as a 71 69 win. Do you, and who would have, by the way, go back to the preseason, who would have thought that there was any scenario under which a Tennessee team that I think was picked like 13th in the SEC preseason poll would be favored? It's one thing, upsets happen, but this wouldn't even be an upset. be favored at Rupp Arena Mm -hmm. over a Kentucky team that was preseason top five. That's pretty wild.
1: That is wild. Kentucky lost, obviously. I think ESPN had this stat earlier Sunday. Arizona, Kentucky, Duke, Kansas all lost. They were all ranked. First time ever – that those four have been ranked and lost on the same day. Kentucky couldn't get the win at Missouri. Good win for Conzo Martin, uh, keeping them on pace to try and get to the NCAA tournament. Tennessee is 17 and five, riding a five-game win streak. Just romped Ole Miss over the weekend. That was a home game. That was coming off a romping of LSU prior to that. Um, they, <laughs> I, I'm wrong a lot, and I have no problem admitting it. I am was way way wrong on Tennessee. As in, I thought Tennessee would not even sniff the NIT wrong, and they have been tremendous. Rick Barnes is pulling off a fantastic run here, and yes, especially if they can get this win. So they're at Kentucky, then they have at Alabama on Saturday. You split those on the road, you're still going to be putting yourself in the conversation, obviously, for SEC Coach of the Year, National Coach of the Year. You're going to be right there with Pearl, uh, unquestionably, but he has done such a great job there. Um, if you have not gotten a chance to watch much of Tennessee this season, um, they're not going to be a team when you watch them that you're like, oh, wow, I'm I'm freaking fired up to watch these dudes. But they are really reliable defensively, and they are— I, I feel like they take fairly fairly good shots— uh, from the field. They're not, they, don't, they don't take a ton of bad shots overall. If they're going to win, they're going to probably win when they get hot from three. That's happened a couple of times this season. Um, Lamonte Turner is the kind of guy who I know a lot of people listening to the podcast probably aren't too familiar with him, but he's capable of hitting a clutch shot here or there. He might need to show up big against Kentucky. I will take the Wildcats on the home floor here, and I will say if they don't win... It'll go back to what we spoke on the podcast three weeks ago. Like, if if Kentucky does not win that game, they are just scuttling toward that seven to ten seed range in the in the tournament uh, because they're they're not getting enough. Uh, wins otherwise. Now, if they win, it's huge, and it changes the situation. Pair that with the win at West Virginia, even though the Mountaineers have been spiraling, it still means a lot. But otherwise, like this is a huge game for Kentucky's uh, seeding perspective, and for Tennessee overall, they've arrived. They're almost certainly going to get to the tournament. This is just their chance on a national stage to say, hey, once and for all, yeah, we're legit, we're good, take us seriously going forward. You uh, said you were
0: wrong about Tennessee. Everybody was wrong about Tennessee. I mean, And, and it wasn't even like Oh, I don't know why we didn't see this comment. This doesn't make any sense. It's a team that went 16 and 16 last season. They, and it's not because they had young, super talented guys, and they just had to go through it. Like you know, there's not top 50 players on this roster. It's not a based on the stuff that we usually attach to good rosters and bad rosters. NBA draft prospects, you know, top 50 players, top 100 players. Like this is not a good roster, and yet Rick has developed it into. A very good team. Like he deserves a lot of credit for what's ha- all the maybe all the credit for what's happening there. Uh, it's super impressive. One of the big surprises in the sport. I think it's been overshadowed a little bit because Bruce Pearl, the former Tennessee coach, has taken Auburn like straight into the top ten. Uh, but Tennessee is legit good, and um, there was literally nothing on paper that suggested this was coming. It wasn't like they went out and added a McDonald's All American or in like uh, this is this wasn't supposed to happen and yet here it is and so they're 17 and five now and you know projected to win at kentucky on tuesday night all that said i can't pick against kentucky inside rob can you i can't do it
1: i can't do it yet um still still think they'll be able to pull it out here as long as kevin knox plays well i uh, i'm not gonna i'm trying not to sound like a broken record but i've said it so many times on the podcast and written it on the site like as he goes so goes Kentucky it just is what it is he was just okay if not a little underwhelming at Missouri and Kentucky didn't have a shot so if you're telling me he shows up if you're telling me Kevin Knox you know 23 points eight boards five assists in 34 minutes yeah Kentucky's gonna win If you tell me Kevin Knox 12 points five boards four fouls five turnovers I'm gonna say Tennessee wins I'm gonna go with the former though I think he'll show up and they'll play well
0: yeah I would take Kentucky in a close game uh over Tennessee on Tuesday night. And then we'll come, we'll be back on Wednesday morning and we'll talk about it all. Perhaps we'll argue. Hit me with your Norlander reaction tweets. That's hashtag Norlander reaction tweets. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry, MF, and Teagle, the legend. Please go subscribe to the Island College Basketball Podcast. Rate it favorably. Five stars with nice comments. That's all we ask. And like I said, we're going to talk to you again on Wednesday morning. Till then, take care. Bye.